The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. Chulo. Today is Wednesday, February 18th, 2015, and I'm your host, Poppy Chulo. Listeners, please welcome to One on One with Poppy Chulo, rising gay porn star, Theo Ford. Welcome to the show, Theo. Hi, thank you for having me. You're welcome. How are you doing? Uh, great. It's actually sunny in New York, and I managed to um, get to New York. It's always a big of uh, a bit of bit of a problem usually to get to New York when it's snowy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, all my flights always get cancelled to New York. Oh. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's what's up, man. Sounds good. So, you've been doing like a whirlwind tour of the US. Yes. So, after um, traveling all over Europe for, for many shoots, I started to come to the US in December for Falcon. And I went back for a couple of weeks for Christmas and my birthday in Europe, and I am now back in the U.S. Sounds, Sounds exciting. exciting. It is. Um, it's actually so it's nice. My second time in the U.S., and everything is nearly a first time here in um, in America. You know, traveling and discovering new cities, working with new studios, and just meeting other. Um, other co-stars, which is, you know, what it's all about. It's, you know, the connection you have with um, with people, the producers, the crew, and the co-stars. And that's what makes a scene good or not. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's very that's true. true. So let's jump into the interview. And I typically like to start things by getting stats out the way, you know, because for the most part... The listener that's tuning in, the fan of Theo Ford, they haven't had the chance to meet you in person. You know, they only see you on the various screens that they may have you on, whether it's looking at your scenes through their TV, computer, mobile devices. So, what's your height and weight? Okay, so I'm 191 centimeters, which is like 6'3". Okay. Um, I'm about 88 kilograms, so that's, I think, 195 um pounds and i'm 27 okay good stuff what's your zodiac sign i'm a capricorn so you know very stubborn very nice but very very stubborn Mm -hmm. interesting happy belated birthday (laughs) thank you you're welcome and what's your ethnicity so i'm caucasian i'm franco-irish so i'm very very white um i do tan unlike some 
um, some of my fellow Irish um, friends. But yeah, very white, grey eyes and like light brown hair now. Very cool. So let's talk a little bit about the man behind the performer. Where are you originally from? So I'm from the southeast of Ireland. Um, it's a very small town, city, whichever you want to uh, call it. It's There's about 60,000 people there. So for me to actually do porn was very exciting and surprising because in my city there was, you know, fashion doesn't exist, porn doesn't exist, being gay is okay, but it's, you know, so small, like the, the gay community is so tiny that it's, you don't even have a bar, it's, you know, very difficult to, um, um, to meet other, other gay people. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not hard to be gay, but it is to actually, you know, have a gay night or have um, that kind of interaction with other, other gay people. Okay, that's interesting. Very interesting. So, what was life like growing up for you? You know, what was Theo Ford like before he was Theo Ford, the performer? You know, what were you like as a child, as an adolescent? Well, growing up in Ireland is amazing. I mean, if if I have kids one day, um, I would be so happy to, to go back to Ireland and raise them over there or send them actually to the school I went Um it was a Quaker school. There was a private school, and just amazing. I mean, when you grow up in this secure um, community, like Ireland is like an amazing community. Everyone looks out for each other, and people are very, very positive. So it really was the most amazing way to grow up. I was very shy. Um, I was I was always a big boy, um, very tall and. That didn't mean I wasn't shy, but people didn't always realize I was. Um, they were probably scared of me, maybe more than I was scared of them. And I was pretty good in school. I guess I didn't have to work very hard to to get good grades. So I really, um, I really focused on discovering who I was. Especially when you're, you know, you discover you're you're gay. You really need to put that energy into finding who you are as as a person which you know a lot of people actually don't do because they're either afraid or maybe they don't have the opportunity absolutely interesting interesting okay so i'm assuming you probably had like the best like corned beef and like soda bread and all that stuff growing up like the most delicious irish food um, yeah, well, what's good is my so my parents met in Morocco. My mom is from Irish descent, and my dad is French. So they lived in in France. They lived in Morocco. They lived in Ireland, obviously. So at home, we really ate a very diverse um, kind of of food and culture and gastronomy. So it was great to actually mix everything. So I love Moroccan food. I love French food. And I love Irish food. So it's at home, it was like a big, you know, melting pot of different cultures, different um, different inspirations to be, you know, who you wanted to be. There was no limit on, on us to be just, you know, who Irish people are. We really had this kind of open-minded um, bring, you know, bring up by our parents, which 
you know, it's just amazing when you when you're a kid and you have all those possibilities to become really who you want to be, and you're not limited by you know the surroundings. Absolutely, I like that. That's very cool. So, when did you first realize your attraction to men? I guess the day I was born. Um, <laughs> when when I was a kid, I always used to. Um, I guess pretty. I was attracted to other guys, um, to other boys. Yeah, when I was, you know, uh, when I was a child, and when I turned about fifteen or sixteen, I realized that I didn't have the same attraction to girls as my uh, my friends. So it's actually yeah. At that time, I realized that maybe I was not straight. It wasn't even a matter of being gay or not. Is it was more a matter of not being straight, and in my head, I was just being myself, and that's why I always say I never came out because I never felt I had to justify my sexual orientation or to tell people, you know, oh, I like boys. You know, it's not something I wanted to um, felt like I had to prove. You know, it was just who I was, and by the time I turned 18 I started to have my first boyfriend and first sexual experiences and it was really something that everything happened in its time and I was never pushed or forced to do anything I, I didn't want to do so that was that was really great to discover my own sexuality on my own terms absolutely and to not have uh, sort of like the the pressures that that a lot of men do have on whether you know should I say should i not you know being closeted is what i'm trying to say you know you don't have the pressures of being closeted as yeah. a lot of men do yeah i mean i in, in ireland when i go back um when i go back home and i see you know even on grinder um a lot of the guys don't have a picture of themselves because they're not closeted but it's not you know they don't feel confident enough really exposing their sexuality um also a lot of the guys say they're bisexual which i don't have anything against but bisexual means you actually slept with a girl one day or once um and most of them have never even touched a girl so it's i guess in ireland like being gay is still not fully um it's not fully there i mean people still need you know time to 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 come to grasp with their sexuality which you know it's a very catholic country and it's it's doing really well for catholic country it's very open-minded but it is still a catholic country so you have you know you have church every sunday you have the government which is very pro-church so it's it's very um there's a big there's a lot of pressure on on young people and being what their parents want them to be. Absolutely. So you mentioned that you don't have necessarily a coming out moment, but I'm sure there there was a conversation that was had between you and your parents where you basically told them that you had an attraction to men. What was that situation like? Um, I guess they always knew or they had... You know, you know, they had hints, but it was probably the day where I introduced my boyfriend to my mom, 
So my parents was was split up. Um, but yeah, it was when I introduced my boyfriend to my mom, and then when I got to Paris when I was nineteen, um, my dad came to visit me, and he met my boyfriend there. So it was really very natural. Like it wasn't. There was no problem, no um, awkwardness. It was just me and the person I was sharing my life with. So it really, there was no discussion by my attraction. It was just a very like normal, um, genuine, you know, meeting between my boyfriend and my mom and my dad. Okay. Very cool. I, I like that, and I, I like that it uh, was a positive experience for you yeah i mean it's you know it comes from within if you're confident within yourself um people will have a very hard time judging you for it they might not accept it right away but at least they won't be able to judge you or criticize you for not being what they want you to be if they see you're happy and you're completely confident and um you know, just okay in your in your own skin. People who love you would definitely respect that. Good words of advice, man. Very cool. So, what were you doing with your life prior to entering the gay adult industry? Um. So I started to do international relations in Dublin, and after a few months, I went to Paris to study fashion design. Um, through my many years in fashion design, so in school, and then I did um, PR, I did um, designing in studios and worked in different magazines, so as a stylist or um, a journalist. And I really, um, I still have it in me. It's still something I, I, I do. I didn't stop fashion for porn it's just that now porn has a very big um takes a lot of time in my life it's a big part of my of my time um right now so it's it's great to have you know other interests and not being just about the porn um if you if you follow me on twitter you maybe you've seen like the link to my first um short movie i directed and and produced um, I'm working on different projects in in fashion, uh, so designing and also um, directing my next movies. And I have a lot of more what I would call mainstream projects. So not not just porn, but definitely through my porn name and persona, because it is my public name, it is my public image. But I want people to realize that I'm maybe a bit more than just um, you know, a gay entertainer. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We're going to be talking about all of that uh, later on in the interview. So, but right now I want to talk about that transition from working in fashion and, and sort of uh, heading in that direction. And then all of a sudden entering the gay adult industry. So how exactly did you make the transition and how did you uh, take your first steps into the business? Like what's what happened for you to all of a sudden decide, okay, I want to try gay adult erotica? Um, when I arrived in Paris when I was 19, 
my boyfriend was very open-minded, let's say. Um, he was a model in Paris, and we really had a very open sexual life. So we always talked about our fantasies and what we wanted to do, and porn was definitely something we had in mind. Um, I It happened that a porn producer uh, contacted us, and we met with him. I was really taken by the idea of doing porn, but I felt like I was a bit too young and not maybe confident enough or, you know, at, at ease in my own skin to to do that at that at that point. I got contacted a few times um, the following years with different producers and I met a lot of porn actors, porn producers, and I really got to know different personalities and different points of views on the industry. And when I turned 25, again, another porn producer contacted me and he was so amazing. It was for the French production, French Twinks. And it was so amazing. He was so genuine and I guess maybe trustworthy as well. And that really made me, you know, want to, to do it at that point. And I was lot more confident in my own skin and I said you know let's let's do it and I I don't think I've ever looked back since and how long total have you been in the adult industry so I think now um, it's a year and a half I started properly in June of 2013 okay so that year I was only shooting for this French company French Twinks, and after a year, I I looked at what I had done, and I asked myself a question, like a simple question: um, Do I want to stop now? Because I had shot so many scenes for them, or do I want to go on to the next level? Do I want to continue? And when you've done so many, um, you know, porn scenes, you. It's done. I mean, it, you can never raise it. So I was like, okay, people have seen me. Those scenes are going to be on every website forever. So I think I want to do even better. I want to continue. I want to see how far I can go. And at that point, I got in contact with um, Christian Bjorn, Michael Lucas, Men.com, Men at Play, and then, you know, everything kind of um, happened. I mean, all the, you know, Colt, Falcon, Dominic Ford, um, Icon Mail, um, they all got in contact with me. And um, it really, it, it was just, it went really quick. Within six months, I, was, I went from being like no one to shooting in Vegas for Falcon. Nice. You've been it, doing the damn thing, man. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, um, you know, I guess we don't have, you know, the same path. Not everyone, you know, has the same path. But I was definitely lucky to meet the people I did and really just ease into porn at first for my first year and and just be really, really happy with myself doing what I was doing. I never felt ashamed. I never felt like... I had to hide anything, and especially when you work with amazing people, um, the people I've you know I've shot with, like the last ones were probably um, you know Colton Gray. I just shot with him this week. 
I shop with Brent Corrigan, um, Logan Moore, all those people that really made the porn experience something human, you know, something I really loved, not just for the sex, but for the human quality of, of it all. I like that. Great answer, man. Thank you. You're welcome. So, I always feel that a name in the adult industry is important. You gotta pick the right porn name. A name huh. that people can associate with you, that's catchy. So, how did you come up with your porn name? Um, when I was filming for... When I started to film for um, French Twinks, they asked me to pick just a first name, something that's could sound French and at the same time could be very easy for Americans. Um, when I was younger, I had um, this fascination for, there was a word I always loved. It's um, apotheosis. And apotheosis means the ascendance of a human being into a godlike state. And I like the idea that we all, you know, push ourselves to get better every day. Um, we're on earth to to become what we want to be. So I took the second syllable, so it's Theo from Apotheosis. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was a, a cute name and very easy in any language. And then Ford, um, after about a year of so French Twinks, um, I started to work with Michael Lucas and Christian Bjorn. And at that point, they said, okay, you need to have a last name because Theo is so many and it's not, you know, no one will remember you. Even on Google, if you just type in Theo, it just nothing will come up for you. And I always believed that you need to make sure you know where, you're, where you come from. You have to just remember who you are as a person. And that comes from your, you know, growing up and what you brought up. So my city in um, in Ireland, the last syllable of the, the name of the city is Ford. And I thought that was, it, lo- it could sound very American. And at the same time, it was something that was very personal. It was where I grew up. And I thought Theo Ford was a very good, you know, easy name, like a, like a trademark already. Like if you say that name, people will say, oh my God, yeah, I think I've heard it. Even though they haven't, but it's just, it has a, a ring to it. Um, and I think it represented exactly who I was, you know, where I was from and where I wanted to be and how I wanted to evolve. So it's really... That name brings, you know, past and future into in, into my own person that is me today, right now. Absolutely, man. I think you did a great job. It's a fantastic name. Thank you. You're welcome. So let's go back in time to about a year and a half ago, and let's talk about that first day on an official porn set what was that like for you what was going on in your mind were you nervous excited scared what was going on so the first day um we had this amazing makeup artist um and because i'd done you know like fashion modeling and i worked in different fashion shoots it was very easy. I was okay, you know. Let's do, let's do makeup. It's great, you know. It's fun. I was, 
I think pretty much naked at that point and I was very excited and as soon as we started to to shoot the scene my first ever scene I got so stressed I didn't know you know what to do I didn't it was just it was so awkward um I never been filmed before having sex so it wasn't bad because of the production crew or my co-star because I really liked everyone but it was just in my head I was so lost I did not know what to do and how to act and how to just be on screen so it it wasn't a really good scene uh, from my point of view um I'm very critical of my work so that's why I don't watch my my scenes too much um or at all even and that day I I guess yeah, I was very um very stressed and it kind of made me realize that doing porn wasn't just about you know getting naked and having sex it was really you know be able to act be able to interact with you know your co-star be able to give something to the camera and it's people think it's easy to do porn but it's i think it's the opposite it's very hard to be a good porn actor anyone can do porn but lasting in porn or even having some kind of you know success in porn is very very difficult and it's very true very true so overall when you're doing scenes what do you enjoy most about performing in adult scenes um it's it's a very difficult question actually because I never really managed to to answer that for myself. Um it's really the experience of working with different people, having amazing co-stars and the whole experience, the interaction you have with all those people and how you can make something interesting because we've all seen sex, we've all had sex. But how do you make it interesting? How do you keep, you know, having those that that freshness to it that the the, the feeling of never seen before to a porn scene i mean everything has been done already it's just now how you do it and it's always interesting for me to push myself and come up with different positions different ideas of what i want to do and it's it is really interesting to to reach you know within yourself and kind of bring a different emotion in each um each scene and that always comes because from you know your co-star some you have this amazing connection you know you you're, you're surprised by others they're you know they're good but you don't have much of a connection you know you you can't you know love everyone but i always make sure i agree beforehand on my co-stars i try and pick my co-stars as much as i can um definitely have you know long conversation with studios about who I want to shoot with and with my manager as well I tell him you know who I want to shoot with who I do not want to shoot with or for um because I believe that I don't have to do porn there's no nothing is forcing me to do porn so I want to make sure every scene every time I'm on set I'm completely confident about what I'm doing 
and I'm completely happy with whom I'm doing it. I like that. I really like that. Theo Ford is bringing it with his answers here on One on One with Poppy Chula. I'm loving it. When you're on set, I want to talk a bit about like the yin and the yang of being on set. So, what turns you on the most and what turns you off the most when you're on set? Um, what turns me on the most is definitely the kissing you you have that connection with the the co-star. It's something that just happens or not. It's something that is you can't force it. Sometimes you love the guy. You're like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm shooting with him. And there's no connection whatsoever. So sometimes it's because you're not a great match. And other times it's because, you know, the other person is has something on their mind or they're upset about something else or they're just not into, into the scene. So I've had a couple of co-stars that were either not interested in actually giving anything during the scene or were a bit of, you know, a bit of a diva. Um, and it's, it's so, it's like the connection is so fragile because it's the first time you usually you have sex with them. So if they have a negative word or negative reaction, it can definitely break that very um, delicate bond that you're creating. And it's, it's not always easy because some people are very... Um, difficult to to connect to, and others you're after the first ten minutes you feel like you're like in love with them, and it's it that that's what for me that's what makes a great co-star is someone that can like flip a switch and create that connection with you and just make sure you're you're very confident in what you're doing with them. And it's it's so important for me to have that connection because I want Theo to re, like to retain a certain quality that I have as the person in my personal life. I want to have that connection. I want to have like feelings for the person I'm shooting with, even though it might be for like a couple of hours. But I want the public to see that we have a connection, and it's not just me like fucking them for you know like two hours and that's it and then I go home and I have like a burger or something it definitely has to feel like it's it's real in many ways and that's I think what that's what people like it's the reality of things so it goes you know through the script and scenario and the setting of the scene but it's also through the emotions that the people share on screen it's like you know regular Hollywood movie if there's a huge amazing chemistry between the two main characters it shows it's and it's magical because it brings something completely different it brings another dimension to to the movie that's something that you can't imagine you can't create so that's why there's a lot of people actually fall in love on set you know in hollywood you always see like people like falling in love with their co-star from this movie and this movie and i've definitely had that um happen to me because i know when you're you have to open up yourself physically and emotionally. Some people just, you know, get to you and and that's how you fall in love. And it's it's great when you have that happen, especially on set. So what about the flip side as far as the turnoffs on set? 
Um, yeah, turnoffs is bad attitude on set, um, diva behavior. Um, I definitely understand if, you know, we've all had that experience where, you know, it's not our day and we have a hard time, you know, getting hard or performing to the fullest. So, you know, that's like, it's, that's definitely understandable. But what I don't like is the, um, the negative energy or the detachment the, the co-star might have towards the scene because we are there to do a job and we have to give our best. And if the other person doesn't, it makes it that much harder. Um, a lot of the time as well, it's to do with the director and the producer, whoever directs the scene. Um, they're the ones that give the energy. If it's a good energy, it's amazing. If it's a bad energy, it's very, very hard. Um, and I've had, you know, both experiences. I've had some people that were amazing and you're so happy to shoot for this director or this producer and you're, you feel so humble and you feel so um, grateful you're working with them. And other times you have a director that really does not give you anything and doesn't give you any positive energy. And that makes it so much harder. I want to break a porn scene down with you. Mm -hmm. In a scene, which do you enjoy the most, giving or receiving oral? Um... Usually receiving oral because I have a very, I have, a, I have big lips, but I have a small mouth. So it's not always great for me to be sucking someone else's because I, I can't fit everything in my mouth. So it's, it's definitely difficult on a physical point. Yes. Excuses, excuses. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just teasing. In a scene, rimming, do you enjoy giving or receiving? I like both. Um, it's definitely different when you're rimming on set and rimming in your personal life. On set, it's nearly you're rimming, but like on the edge, it's you're pretending to rim usually because it's so like a close, um, so difficult to get a great shot that you have to put your your face sideways and you have to stick at your tongue very far. And you're just like touching the tip of, you know, with your, with your tongue, tip of your tongue, you're just touching like um, the ass. So it's not, it's not proper rimming usually. You, you think it is, but it's, it's not. If you want to see a good rimming shot, it's very difficult. In a scene, which do you enjoy the most? Topping, bottoming, or flip-flopping? But usually I prefer topping um i'm more of a top in my personal life and even though i like to bottom as well for the right guy it's so much harder in in a scene on set because you need to be aroused you need to be um have that connection with the person and usually it's just easier for me to top in a scene i've done when i started out i've done a lot of bottom scenes because I was always shooting with you know big stars and they always wanted to top and now I'm the one that says no I'm the one topping so it's my um it's one of my requirements for for shoots I only top because unless I really want to bottom for someone and I know I'm gonna enjoy it I don't I don't do it 
in a scene, what's your favorite sexual position and in your personal life, is it the same favorite sexual position or does it differ from your favorite sexual position off screen? Um, it's funny because sometimes in my personal life, I find myself having or doing um, the same positions I did, you know, the week before on set. So I know that work does get to me in that way, but it's good. You know, I've never had any uh, complaints. Um, usually I like when the, the guy is on his back um, because I can see them and it's that's what creates a great um, connection. It's when you see the other, other person's eyes and you can kiss them and that's what I love about about sex is the connection you have with the person. So definitely like seeing their eyes and into their eyes is the best thing you can do. And of course, how a scene ends. In a scene, where is your favorite place to shoot your load? And where is your favorite place to take a load? Um, usually it's nice when we... It's like in one go. So we, we do the last position and, you know, we pull out and we, we come directly. When it's very natural. Um, usually for to have the best shot, it's great to do on your, on your chest, your stomach. That's where you, you know, if you come far, you know, you can still see all the calm. Um, but usually I like to come on a guy's face. It's definitely what I prefer. And on me, um, I don't mind anywhere in particular. Maybe my lower back because it's very, you know, it's like very sensitive. So when you, you get something warm, it really creates like a sensation, which is pretty interesting. Um, but definitely on set, it's... You have to make sure it's a place you can, you know, have the great shot and you can see everything. So it's it's a bit different. Absolutely. So you like to make a mess, but you don't like them to make a mess on you. Yeah. <laughs> I like. see what you're trying to do, Theo Ford. <laughs> Overall, in the time that you've been in the industry thus far, who have been some of your most favorite performers to work with? Okay, so the there's there's a few obviously that I love. I love as people, and I love as co-stars as well. I always make sure I okay. So I I agree to the performers, and I like to shoot with my friends. Um, it's funny to say that I like to have sex with my friends, but it's not really sex. It's more like working. So I love to shoot with Logan Moore. Um, he's my he's my little baby, and it's amazing to to shoot with him. And he's an amazing performer. We shot three scenes, and we have a few more a few more to shoot in the states um, soon. So it's going to be really great to have more. Uh, more scenes with him and we have an amazing connection we forget about the cameras and that's what i love it's definitely have the, having that real real connection real sex uh with someone and logan is definitely the one i i get to have that with um shooting more with more 
Yeah, exactly. Um, the the scene, the the co-star, I had the the biggest connection on set, which I didn't expect, um, and it just made it so amazing with with Brent Corrigan, and we just completely connected during the scene. It was so easy to 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 get in touch with each other's feelings and he's a great performer he's he's been doing porn for many years so he knows how to how to connect but we really had something very very special um happening on set and it shows i was talking to the director of falcon um bruno bounds who was directing our scene and apparently the scene is amazing in his own words and it should be coming out i think in march um hopefully um, sooner than later. And it's meant to be a very long scene because everything we shot was so was so amazing. So um, that's what's, you know, really great. We, we've never shot again together. And I guess because, you know, of ex- exclusive contracts, it's difficult to shoot with the same person for the same studio. Um, another person I love shooting with was with Icon Mail this week, um, Colton Gray. He's so cute. I mean, he's probably one of the cutest boys I've I've ever met. He has the most amazing eyes. You can see all our pictures on on Twitter. We we post like a million of them. And again, we had this great. Um, honest connection and it just it was so easy to be uh intimate with him on set and shooting with icon mail and the the director and even nika um who directs and produces um icon mail was so easy the scene was so quick so flowing and it was just like there was no cameras in the room so i really loved that that scene i hope it comes out soon i don't think it will come out very soon but <laughs> i'd be definitely looking out for that one uh, for sure good choices certainly there's certainly some uh, great scenes for the listeners to be on the lookout for so as far as now performers that you haven't worked with are there any performers out there that are on your must do list um, it's funny because I, I do have people I want to work with, um, uh, because I've been talking to them. Um, there's one off the top of my head. There's one is called Dario Beck. Um, he's, he's amazing. He lives in Spain. So it's going to make, make it a bit difficult because I think he's under contract with Falcon. So he has to come to the state, to the States as well. And it's same as me. So. It's going to make it a bit difficult to work maybe with him. Um, but I know that we would definitely love to, to do um, something together. There's also Kirk Cummings, um, who's has been doing porn for many years as well. And I love, he's a very, very sweet person. And I definitely uh, would love to, um, to shoot with him. And there's... Rocco Steel as well. We've we've talked about doing a scene together for so long, and I'm so 
afraid of, of the bottom for him. So I will. I, don't, I, don't <laughs> I wonder I'd, why. Yes. So I don't think I'd be the bottom in that scene, but we will definitely find a, a way to um, to make that happen. There's two other people um, that I've met, and they're so sweet. Uh, Chris Harder, um, who's in New York, and he's so cute. He's you know we we're really good friends. We really get on like um, super well. And there's Dennis Vega, who's um, from Spain, and he's very very popular. Um, at least in Spain, he's this most amazing um, actor. And I really want to uh, work with them. I guess there's another few, like, you know, Colt Rivers or my friend Alexi Tyler, uh, who's so gorgeous. Um, <laughs> I, every time I see Alexi, I'm just in love with him. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a few, but it's I want, always want to make sure they're the people that... I like to talk to as people. I enjoy being around. And the more I spend time in the porn industry, the more people I meet, you know, on and off set. So there's some people I do not want to work with and I know I, do, I don't want to work with. And others, I'm like, oh my God, when are we going to, you know, going to meet on set? That was what happened with Colton Gray. We were talking for so long. And when we got booked, for the same scene, I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. Like, we're actually gonna, you know, work together. And that's really um, just amazing to have that um, happen. And there's also like my little friend, uh, Eli Lewis, who would be so fun to work with. It's really fun to be with him. So I know we, I know we would have like, I think more more laughs than anything on set which I'm a bit afraid of but I'm definitely love you too <laughs> <laughs> definitely um, looking forward to working with him one day absolutely we're going to have to make that happen yeah yeah, yeah for sure um, big hint to Dominic Ford I think we I, sh- I think we should shoot for Dominic Ford for, with Eli <laughs> there you go sounds like a plan <laughs> yeah How old were you when you saw a porn film for the first time? Um, I don't know. I think I was probably like around 16 or something. Um, I, I, when I was a teenager, I used to go to France every summer because I have a part of my family in France. And in France, every Sunday night, you used to have this straight, erotic movies. And I loved it. I loved them. I thought they were very sexy. And there were there was nothing well, sexual. There was nothing sexually explicit like I'm doing now. But everything was very sensual and very... Yeah, it was erotic. And I always... I was fascinated by that. I've, everyone was pretty. Everything looked great. And... I think it wasn't so much my first porn scene I saw. It was more the first erotic movie. And I think I was, yeah, something like 15 or 16. Um, maybe when one of my cousins, we used to like look at the, the erotic movies. Obviously, you know, I was not looking at the girls, but um, it was definitely what make, made me 
have a sort of interest or sparked that interest in um, in porn. Mm -hmm. So right now, it's time for the big question of the interview. Emphasis on big, because we're going to be talking about size. So, how much is Theo Ford packing? Um, well, nothing like Rocco, because we were just talking about him. So, it's horrible when, you know, you're on set, and the guy has, you know, a bigger, um, bigger dick than you. It's... You know, you're always, you're always looking at yourself like, oh, I'm not that big. But it's about like 20 centimeters, which is like eight inches um, for me. So I guess it's actually a good size because my co-stars are not afraid of it. If I had like, you know, 12 or 13, it looks great in pictures. But not everyone can take it. And when you're on set and you have to, you know, have sex for a few hours... It's better if you're like more not average because eight and eight um, inches isn't like average, but it's, you know it's not crazy. Um, it's not crazy big, so it just it makes it easier for everyone, of course. Absolutely. Do you do anything in particular to maintain a consistent pop shot? Is that something that you? take into uh, you know into thoughts as far as you know with your diet are you the type of person that is like you know oh I have a scene coming up so I have to make sure I eat a lot of this or I have to make sure I'm abstaining from this to make sure that the pop shot is good yeah usually um, I take a lot of zinc um, there's the zinc complements in America are very have a very high dosage much higher than Europe so it's great when I, I come to the States, I can get, you know, like 50 milligrams of zinc tablets. In Europe, it's like 20 maximum. And that really does help to maybe not make it more, but make it definitely make it whiter. And on screen, you have to make sure it's as white as possible. So it's it shows. Um, and yeah, and there's otherwise, there's, you know, everybody is very different physically so it there's no like um miracle cure or miracle you know there's nothing miracle about having a huge cum load you know sometimes it's just there's a lot of it and other times it's you know a lot less i try to make sure not to have sex like about 24 hours before a scene that's that does help for sure <laughs> um so you can't you know rehearse with your co-star before it <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> Since we talked about size uh, a question or two ago, I want to talk about size in a different way. I mean, obviously right now you're more focused on being a top in scenes, and uh, mm -hmm. the majority of your scenes are topping, but you did bottom... I mean, I don't want to say it like, you know, you bottom like a thousand times, but you did bottom a bit more in the beginning than now. Yes. So my question for you is, who possessed the biggest dick that you had to take on in a scene? And if <laughs> length and girth, if it's a different answer for length and girth, uh, feel free to share. You know, if someone was the, the longest and then another one was the thickest. Um, so it was funny because it was in July last year. I... I was still, I wasn't completely new to porn, but I was still like a, a newcomer. 
Um, and I was shooting this scene in Barcelona for Fucker Mate. And the producer said, okay, I have this guy and he's he's a bit big, but he's good and everything. I said, okay, you know, like, no worries. And it's his name is Esteban Ortiz. Um, Esteban has a very big dick. It's... I don't exactly know how long or how thick. I It's probably like 24 centimeters or something, but it's very, very thick. It's like a butt plug. It's... <laughs> um, so I wasn't like that afraid of it when I saw it. I mean, you know, it was really big, but I thought, okay, you know, let's, let's get to it. And I took so much poppers during the whole scene. I... I think I probably emptied a full bottle of poppers. Um, and after about 20 minutes, I just told the producer, I'm, I'm sorry, I I can't, you know, get fucked for a couple of hours. You know, it's, it's, I'm not, that's when I realized as well, I wasn't that much of a bottom either. I, I told myself, okay, you know, I can take a normal, regular sized dick, but it's not, I'm not that kind of bottom. So we brought in um, a third guy to bottom for us and we DP'd him. So that bottom took Esteban's dick and mine. So it was... He was not walking for days. I I couldn't take Esteban's one and he took both ours. So, you know, fair play to him. Absolutely. That bottom was not walking for days. I mean, I think he just, he was very used to it. He was this yeah. little, you know, little Spanish boy, um, great bottom, and he just took it like a champion. So, I was impressed. <laughs> <laughs> for those that are listening that have never experienced a DP, whether they're a top or a bottom, what was that experience like for you? Um, so I've done it a few times on screen as a top. I've done it twice or something, two or three times. Um, in my personal life, I've done both top and bottom. Um, it's, it's fun. I mean, it's, I would rather top in that, in that position because it is, um, it is a bit more intense. Um, but it is an amazing feeling, to be honest. It's especially when you, you know you have two guys. I think it's even it's all in your head as well. Um, the idea of having two guys in you is pretty pretty hot. Um, but you definitely have to make sure you're you know, ready and you you're warmed up. You don't just go into it, you know, head first. <laughs> yes, although you kind of do have to go into it. But, yeah, it's semantics. (laughs) Right now, I want to switch up the tone of the interview, and I want to talk about some of the, I guess, some of the serious issues, serious aspects of the the business. First up, uh, does your family know about your career in the gay adult industry? And if so, how do they feel about it? Um, some of my family knows, um... My godmother, who's my mom's mother, knows, and my cousins know. Um, and 
because I've been traveling so much um, for the past few months, and through my travel, like, and the, my my biggest scenes have come out while I was traveling. So I haven't seen my my mom properly since I've um, um, started my my tour. I've been on tour nearly for five months now, um, traveling Europe and America, and I kind of want to maybe make sure like I can sit them down and you know talk to talk to them about it it's not a matter of saying I do porn but saying I'm happy in what I'm doing and I guess my mom or what she cares about is me being happy me being safe me being you know um, just doing what I love to do so it's it's very important for me to know well, for, for me to tell her that I'm so happy doing what I am now and I feel very very blessed and fulfilled in my my life and my job right now so it's like everything you know if they if your family loves you and they see that you're completely happy and you're successful in what you do they usually they're pretty pretty happy and pretty respectful of, of that um, and you just have to make sure you're you find the right words because of course it's not a, it's not like a regular job, um, but at the same time, it's you know, a lot of families might not like you, you know, being a singer, being a Hollywood actor, being a painter. Porn is another form of um, of performance, and there's a lot of stigma still relating to porn. But as a performer myself, I've I've always loved everything I've done, uh, for the most part, and I'm proud to 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 say and to show what I've done. And there's so so much, so much more than just just the sexual part. There's you know you have to be an interesting person. You have to make sure you're more than just you know a great fuck, and that's what people like in in a porn star. They want you know obviously the sexual part, but they want the the human fantasy. If someone has just a big dick, but you know isn't great looking or is a complete jerk, they're not going to do well or not for very long. So it's it's a whole you know it's something to do with your your old personality and your and your body. You, everything has to match. Everything has to be great for you to be like a successful porn star. That's why it's very hard because you need to make sure you're as good as a person as you are in bed and tats very hard to find that's very true yeah I don't, I don't think I've ever thought about it in that way but that's very true and that's probably one of the reasons why you've been so successful thus far well I've always tried to be true to myself um, I've always wanted to show that you know I may not have the most, you know, muscly body. I don't have the biggest dick, you know, in the industry. But maybe I can bring something different. Maybe I can bring my own personality. And that's what makes me unique. My physical aspect is one thing. Um, people like it or not. But usually they, they have a, they respond well to to me. And I want to make sure they they know I'm yeah more than just another porn actor that I can actually 
maybe bring something more and positive to the industry and to people around. What is your opinion on the popularity of bareback porn in the gay adult industry? Well, it's funny because bareback is such a big deal in gay porn. In straight porn, it's mostly bareback. You really rarely see condoms in straight porn. And I don't hear as much of, um, you know, of like and problems in in straight porn. It's, I guess, it's because you know, there's the it's related to the uh, people's opinions of you know, the sexual transmitted diseases are much higher in the gay um, community. But it, I think they, it has to do with that, and also because the straight porn industry they test like every 14 to 15 days so testing is much more stringent on yeah. the straight side than so the gay that, side i think that, if the gay the side did know. the testing then the, the doesn't know um necessarily that all the actors are tested i mean when you're a 16 year old boy and you see a, like a straight porn scene and you see the guy, you know, fucking this girl with no condoms and doing whatever to her. He doesn't know that they've all been tested. He doesn't know they're all, you know, um, willing or proper performers. So it's there's on our side, on the performer's side, you know, obviously testing is very important and not many studios do it. Um and the ones that say they do don't always do it or they kind of do it halfway. Um, and there's also the side of the public. You need to show, you know, I don't want to say show good example because, you know, doing safe versus bareback does not mean it's good or bad. There's no, I hate that kind of stigma. Um, it's, you just have to make sure everyone is aware of the risks you know, the, the risks that can happen, you know, when you have unprotected sex. And it you have to make sure it does it's not because of prep, because, you know, now we don't you know, HIV isn't as deadly. Well it is still a deadly disease, but it's you don't die as much from it as you used to um many years ago. But it's still there. It's still you know, a very big issue. And I feel like people might just kind of think it's not big deal anymore. So it is very hot to watch a bareback scene. It's hot to do that in your personal life. That's for sure. It's a very big fantasy and porn is a fantasy in itself. So that's why bareback is the ultimate fantasy. Um, and I totally get that. And I've done some bareback scenes because it is obviously a fantasy for myself and for so many other people. I've had a lot of um, fans, a lot of people told me that they loved my bareback scenes. And at first I was totally okay with it, obviously doing bareback. It's now more the fact that I want to show that you have to take care of your own health. So it's not really what I show on set and on screen. It's more myself as a performer i want to make sure i don't get you know infections from another performer because the studio 
hasn't tested anyone or doesn't care. And that's usually the case. So I prefer to do like, you know, safe scenes. And at least, you know, it's the risk is at least minimal. So if I ever do um, a bareback scene, it would be with Logan Moore because we're together and we... We know we know each other, we trust each other, and he's the only person that I would do it with on on screen and on set anymore. Um, so I think it's my bareback porn career is definitely pretty much over <laughs> um, as such. But I think people have to really, especially young people, have to definitely educate themselves i've talked to a lot of friends who are performers or escorts and they don't know about prep they don't know about hiv testing they a lot of them don't even get tested so it's there's still a lot of education to do out there and it's prevention is so much more important than just curing or you know dealing with the effects once you're infected or once, you know, you have, you know, scare or something, you definitely have to make sure that people are aware of the risks they're taking and that they actually know. But I, I guess you have to be interested and you have to look for those informations as well. So it's, it's not easy to educate people who don't want to be educated, but I guess the studios have a big responsibility to their audience to actually show that they do test the, the models and they should test all the models when they do bareback porn. And they, I know as a, for a fact, they don't. So it's, it's not, in my opinion, that's not okay. And it's not, um, you, you, it's not that you put people's lives at risks, but it's definitely, you know, something I would find, um, I, I I wouldn't accept it anymore as as a performer nowadays and reaching the um the level I I kind of reach now I definitely would want to have everyone tested on set if I was ever to do bareback anymore um but the the studios don't don't care most of them so which is a shame it's a shame um and in that way as well, they promote infections. I know I don't want to, you know, give any names or anything, but I know that some some serious some people actually promote, you know, those kind of practices to infect other people. And so it's another there's another level of um, of bareback. There's the you know the cute you know bareback you see from you know you know all those Coburn Fisher and we know they're, everyone's cute, everyone's pretty. And there's a, a lot of other studios that do bareback and they're not as, they're not as positive looking, no pun intended. Um, and it's, it is very, um, it is very scary because people now think that bareback is, is completely okay and nothing will happen. That, HIV doesn't exist anymore and they can just you know pop a pill and everything disappears so 
I'd rather have people on PrEP, obviously, than nothing at all and spreading spreading HIV. But maybe it'd be better if people were a bit more cautious as well and just making sure they weren't doing just anything that went through their head at one, one point. So, because not everyone can, you know, get PrEP. Not everyone can afford it. Not, you know... PrEP is in America, but most of most other countries, PrEP still doesn't exist. So, in Europe, like you can't you can't get PrEP. It's for now, it's impossible to get it. Um, so there's still a lot of people at risk, and HIV contaminations have not you know been going down. So we just have to make sure you know people know the risk. Definitely, yeah. You gave me your answer as far as what led to your decision to do bareback. Basically, you said it was a fantasy and you wanted to live it out, and you did. So my question for you is, as far as, like, was there any thoughts in your mind, any hesitation, besides, I mean, obviously, you wanted to experience fantasy, but was there any hesitation in doing it on film because of just sort of the stigma behind bareback in the industry. I mean, it's interesting how bareback is like one of the top-selling genres in porn, and there have been a lot of studios that, I would say, five years ago were like, we don't shoot bareback models, you know, we we don't do bareback, and, and a lot of studios have changed their mind about that and have started shooting performers that do bareback in their condom scenes and there are some studios that have gone from being a condom studio into a bareback studio so certainly the thought process behind bareback and uh, the the amount of money that it makes has changed in the gay adult industry but it's still sort of seen with you know a little bit of a taboo nature i mean it isn't as bad as it was five ten years ago but there is sort of that stigma, I would say, when when a performer chooses to do bareback, even though, I mean, it, it's quite common nowadays. And I think it's sort of like what you said and what I said, you know, because of the risks that that are involved. I mean, with gay men and anal sex, the, the risk of transmission of, of uh, you know, STIs and HIV increases because of the nature of anal sex so for you as a performer was there at all you know sort of that thought of you know will you know the fans you know or or will even other studios sort of uh, think of me differently because I decided to do a couple of scenes in the bareback genre well when I started bareback um it was after my one year with french twinks which was completely condom um safe studio um the first scenes i did was were with michael lucas and christian bjorn and they were exclusively bareback so it was for me um, a leap into this fantasy as well, doing bareback. Um, 
at that point i didn't i don't want to say i didn't have any fans but i did, i wasn't aware of you know the fans and the public as i am now um and i obviously i do not regret doing bareback because a lot of people love my bareback scenes and i'm so happy that they enjoy it like it's i do for other people's enjoyment as well so i'm i'm completely happy that they're um they enjoy my scenes um but it wasn't in my mind at that point that the public might have a reaction or not um i didn't know the industry or some studios might like it or not um because i'm not seen i'm not perceived as a bareback actor you know i don't have any problems with studios but i know a lot of studios who don't really like it there was in particular one studio in the uk who wanted to shoot with me and after they saw my first bareback scene said no we don't want to shoot with you anymore you you've done bareback and i sent them a very long angry email because i knew for a fact they had shot with people who had done bareback and they were going to shoot with people that have had, that had done bareback mm-hmm. and had done bareback with me in a scene so they would say yes to your co-star and no to me so i didn't understand why they would have like so different standards relating to um to different actors so i do understand that they don't want to promote bareback sex or bareback actors of course it's but myself i know i'm not perceived as a bareback actor i've done a few scenes i think it's probably like close to like five or seven um percent of my like maybe five percent of my my scenes have been bareback which is a minimal um percentage in in my career but it's it is definitely you know i've shot some great scenes bareback and i i was so happy to do them but nowadays i know i i wouldn't shoot bareback anymore because as i said of the testing and also because i've had some very very negative um feedback from some french magazines in particular because i live in paris so i'm obviously um very um very much in contact with with the french press and a french magazine has been very vocal about their disgust of me doing bareback and they were very very insolent very insulting very nasty to me um as a performer and i understand their point of view but they were so unprofessional about it and I'm I'm okay with it. I, I mean, I can live without them liking me, but I realized that I was happy as well being so confident in myself and and older than most of the the young you know the young boys that get into the industry because when you have a magazine that's so famous and so popular in a country that you're from and that writes you know very nasty things about you, it might. it might touch you it might hurt you and sometimes it can actually break you when people say bad things about you publicly and i've had discussions with them very very angry discussions with them and we don't see eye to eye but 
um, it's always a matter of doing what you feel is your your safe place. People like only you know doing safe bareback, uh, safe um, porn. Others will do only bareback porn and you know fetish films and it's what you would call you know creating your own brand and it's it, it is a business it is entertainment and you know it's like in hollywood movies like you know some some actor will only do romantic comedies and would never do an action movie another actor will only do action movies and it's it's kind of the same so you have to make sure you you can take it you can take the bad and the good from whatever you're doing you know if you only do like very you know twinky movies and very cute movies you're never going to get a job shooting for you know like a very butch and masculine um studio if you don't you know bulk up if you don't you know become you know a man and like a like a manly guy so it's you have to make sure you know what you're getting you're getting yourself into but there's obviously there's no one in the industry to tell you that there's very very few people who will who will give you that um that advice and it is hard as a new as a newcomer in the industry to make the right choices right away because unless you have, unless you have great friends in the industry and you have a, an amazing agent right away you you don't know exactly what to do and how to do it you just kind of go with the flow and sometimes you make you know less perfect decisions and it's okay i mean you learn from from it but you have to make sure you definitely learn from your mistakes because a mistake is only a mistake if you don't learn from it it's very true i like that yeah Right now, I want to get away from the serious stuff and uh, talk a bit more about you and uh, and just love in the industry. In your opinion, because I mean, right now you're in a relationship, do you find it difficult to be in a romantic relationship while doing the work that you do? Um, I do, of course. I mean, it's um. It's hard to be in any kind of relationship. It's hard to, you know, to just think about, you know, someone else and yourself. Um, we're all very selfish. So um, when you do porn and it's when you have, some, you know, a job that takes so much of your time, so much of your energy, so much of your um, intellect, it's intellect you know because you have to think about you know who you are and what you're gonna do and you know which scene you have to do and who you're gonna shoot with and there's a lot of um planning to to, to porn um so obviously it takes a lot lot out of you um you have to make sure you you can still give to your friends to your to your lover um I'm happy to to have someone who's in the industry and who shares my my life um, in in that aspect. He's because he's the same. He knows exactly what what I'm going through and what I'm doing, and we're not 
identical in many ways, but we definitely understand each other. And that's really amazing because no matter what kind of job you do, um, it's, it's great if you can actually share your, um, that part of the part of you with, you know, the person who's in your life, the person who, you know, who you love. Um, and whatever, yeah, whatever it is, you need to make sure that you have that one person that understands you and your successes, your doubts, your, you know, even the times when you're, you're sad because you didn't, you know, you didn't get to do that shoot or you didn't get that job or you didn't get to sign that contract. Um, but, but you're still alive and you're still, you know, going strong and it's, it's good in the end, but you want to have someone you can share it with. Definitely. Yeah, that makes sense. So you're dating Logan Moore. How did you two meet and how long have you two been officially dating? Okay, so we met on set of Michael Lucas' um, uh, production in Berlin last June. And we just really clicked right away. I mean, even during the scene, we were just kind of by ourselves. I think you can actually tell in the scene we're just by ourselves. Like, we didn't really know what to do, but we're just together. And we had a good time. Um, just by ourselves. <laughs> okay. So there was the instant connection. Yeah, I mean, we went out the night before the scene uh, for a few drinks, and we kind of, you know, we danced in, in some clubs in Berlin. And... Yeah, there was something really, like a great connection. I thought he was very cute and very, um, very innocent, you know, in his, his approach to, to porn and to, to the whole thing. And I'm kind of like that as well. I'm very innocent and sometimes a bit naive as well. And I like that. I like people who don't have an agenda. Awesome. Very cool. Moving away from the adult stuff, I want to talk a little bit about you and fashion. Because you mentioned this earlier in the interview, but uh, you you have uh, this uh, video that uh, recently was released that you, uh, you know, it, it, that you made about fashion and and, uh, and and that kind of thing. So I want you to fill the listeners in on that. So the um... The, the, it's a short movie, it's a short fashion film. Um, I produced, directed, and edited, which I'm the most proud of because the editing is so difficult. Um, I I worked in fashion for many years and on photo shoots as well. I always felt the photos were great, but I wanted to bring another dimension. I wanted to I wanted to ha see the photos move. I and that seeing photos move means, you know, doing a movie, like filming rather than just taking a picture. Um, it's a very obvious, you know, um, train of thought, but it's, it was definitely something I wanted to do. And I worked with this amazing, um, amazing crew 
for for that movie, and I was really happy to um, to have that released. Um, I first released it last month um, on Dominic Ford's uh, online magazine called Adult Magazine, and then I was I just thought to myself, okay, I should release it. You know, have a proper release. Um, and I got some really good feedback, even from the porn industry. Um, people were impressed that I could actually do something else than just sex. <laughs> so, and I'm I'm happy because it's. I want to bring the two together. I want to, you know, build a bridge between porn and sex. There's always been a, some kind of you know, you know, back and forth between you know sex and fashion and. But porn and fashion have always been very distant, and fashion doesn't like porn because it's, you know, it's not classy enough. It's, you know, it's vulgar and whatever it is. Um, but I want to try and do both, um, and I am doing both. So I'm happy to um, to be in that situation where I can actually leap from one to the other, and I definitely want to do more. Um, Working with more, um, more fashion brands, you know, even just doing um, being the the image of the brand, and I'm working on some some amazing projects for this year. Um, well, you, hopefully you'll see. <laughs> and I'm yesterday on my trip back to New York. I was actually uh, writing the the my next um, scenario for the next few movies I'm gonna do. Um, they're going to be like a, a three-part movie um, for this big project um, I'm working on that I'm hopefully will come out this year, and I'll tell you all about it next time if it if it's if it's closer to um, to to fruition. But it's definitely something I I enjoy. I love writing. I love I love fashion. It's in the bigger sense. Um, I studied fashion and it was all about understanding fashion and not just, you know, knowing which designer did what, but it was also to do with how to perceive, how to understand fashion. Um, and I'm happy to, to have that. Paris was really the best city to, to live for it. I'm moving to London next month and over there, I'm going to work with people that are more in the movie and TV industry as well. And definitely bring my fashion sense to to British TV. So hopefully you'll see me in some aspects on, on TV in England and maybe in the States. I don't know. Nice. I like the sound of that. Very exciting, man. Very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm looking forward to the next interview so we can talk more about this. Yeah, hopefully. I'm there's so many so many projects in the in the works that it's sometimes a bit hard to keep up with the coming up projects and the things I'm doing right now and it's that's why I have an amazing agent that I talk to every single day to, <laughs> to make sure I don't forget anything. Absolutely. And, I think I'm probably like my agents, like 
biggest as in time consuming client. <laughs> Aww. Well, as we start wrapping up the interview, I want to let your fans get to know some of your favorites. This is a set of pop culture oriented questions. So the first one is, what are five of your most favorite television shows? Now this can be a list of five of your all-time favorites or five of your current faves. I just need five of your favorite TV shows. Okay, so my all-time favorite is definitely Wooden Grace. I know it's a bit cliche, but I always thought it was very, very funny. Um, I know the jokes by heart, and it's it's a bit sad sometimes, but I love um, I love that show for I've loved that show forever. Um, Shout out to Anastasia Beaverhausen. Yeah, uh, exactly. My God, it's she's my alter ego. If I ever had to do another persona, it would be it would be her. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. Another show I grew up with was Friends, um, and I'm in New York now, so it's perfect. I mean, it's you know, I feel like I'm living, you know, like the life that the those those people in the show lived ten, 10 or twenty years ago. Um, um, other shows, I don't have time to watch too much TV now. I'm so disconnected. Uh, I love Game of Thrones, which is you know, it's it's such a well-produced show. I mean, it's just it's so amazing. Um, I I don't watch too much reality TV to be honest. So I'm I know I have some friends, um, and I know some people on on you know RuPaul's Drag Race, and I have, I have to see it. I'm so ashamed to say I've never seen an episode of it. So <laughs> I definitely have that. I have to watch that. Um, I love Scandal. Um, I, oh, I, I've always loved, you know, secrets and kind of spy um, spy movies and um, everything to do with even reputation, which is it's great because in some aspects, I, I, I understand, you know, what that show is about, because in my in my career, I have to make sure, you know, if there's a um, um, a reputation, you know, problem, or there's an information that's being leaked, that I manage to control it, or you know, handle it in some aspects, you know, like I've had in the past, um, like a few days, a couple of weeks, um, there was a lot of articles about me, um, and things were true and things weren't, so. It's very, it's it's great to have that. I need an Olivia Pope to 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 manage my public relations as well. Don't we all? Yes, I think that was that was four or five. I don't know. That was four. Um, and the last one, I guess, because I'm in the states and I'm flying to Dallas next week to shoot with um, Mark Henderson. Um, so country music, um, Nashville, the TV show is. It's something that we don't have in Europe. We don't have country music. Um, and I actually happen to like it. Not all of it, but it's, it's, it is definitely an interesting um, sound. And I love, the, I love you know, listening to new music. So that show is great because it's not all about country music. There's some acting as well, but the country music in it is pretty good. So I guess I'm, you know, it's a shout out to, to the people I, I will see next week. Um, in in the near Dallas. <laughs> Speaking of music, who are four of your all-time favorite music artists? Um, 
<laughs> okay, so I think the last one, like the last concert I I traveled to for, I traveled to Zurich to see Ellie Golding. Um, and nice. I, I definitely love her. Um, I saw I saw Britney Spears in Vegas. I mean, I had to see her. I was shooting for for Falcon in, in Vegas a few days ago, and I had to um, I had to see her. <laughs> it's Britney, bitch. Exactly. I mean, it was it was a good show, and I have, I have a friend, a very very good friend in in the show, and he was amazing. So I was I was filming, but I think I was filming him more than Britney. So maybe people were like thinking like, what are you doing? But um, I. Definitely, um, the singer. She's not that. She's not well known anymore. Called Denny Hines, and her song um, was about the you know turning off the lights and letting your um, you know your lips touch the other person's. And it was it was all about you know it was like singing about sex pretty much. And I thought that was such an, an amazing song. Um, I directed um, a. A music, um, a theme for one of my short movies that hasn't come out, and that was amazing to do. So it's music is very, very close to my heart. Um, I love rhythm and blues and soul and jazz. I love uh, Aretha, um, Aretha Franklin. I love her cover even of Adele's like song "Rolling in the Deep." I think it's such an amazing cover. It's like Adele as well, like. So those two, those two are my last two favorite singers. But um, Aretha is definitely like an amazing, amazing um, performer and, and woman. And it's, I think mean, no, no one like would can, can match her. What are three of your most favorite films? Um, the first one is again mostly because of the music and the the visual aspect of the movie is The Fifth Element. The the song the diva dance is one of my favorite songs and like in themes from a movie ever. It's so powerful. Um, it goes from opera to this rock and even electro. It was Luc Besson has always been like a visionary in that sense. Um, another movie, um, I guess the Alien movies have always been a very big influence. I've I've been very scared of them when I was a kid and I really love them. They were they're such um they don't age with time. They're they're just ages. I have them all at, at home. Like I have the big DVD, DVD like box luxury set or whatever it's um they're amazing amazing movies. And I guess Oh yeah, and the last one, it has to be any movie with Henry Cavill, who did The Last Superman. He's just the most amazing and gorgeous looking person on Earth. Um, <laughs> so any movie with him will, will do. But this, that Superman movie was, was very, very good. Um, uh, it's my, yeah, one of my favorite. <laughs> what are two foods you can't live without? Oh, the first one is very easy. It's I love duck. I love to cook. I love to eat. And duck is my favorite thing to eat ever. So when I go to a restaurant, I would search for duck. Like, I don't care about the rest. I'm just, where is the duck? 
Um, and definitely chocolate. I'm a big fan of, of chocolate. Dark chocolate. And what is one of your guilty pleasures? Um, because I'm from Ireland, we drink a lot. And I have that double culture of being Irish and French. So I love great wines, great liqueurs, great alcohols in general. But And the Irish side makes me drink a lot of it. So I'm not really a cheap date, which, you know, <laughs> um, which is fine. But yeah, definitely, I think wine and red wine is something I could never live without. What's next for Theo Ford? What's coming up in the horizon that uh, the listeners and the fans uh, should be anticipating? The My idea of lasting in, in porn, because a lot of people have asked me that, what I wanted, wanted to do after porn, and I never want to think about what's after porn, because that would mean I would have to stop porn. And I always want to evolve from porn. So continuing porn or doing whatever but through my through Theo Ford and through my porn persona um, so definitely more mainstream um, mainstream work and hopefully showing that you can do porn and you can you know have this maybe um, superficial image but you can still be interesting you can still have some talents in whatever it is, but and bring the bring everything together and being still being known as a porn actor and doing you know more fashion, more TV, more movies, more writing. Um, definitely, mainstream will be the word um, for the future. So without you know obviously without forgetting porn, but to to survive in porn. And to survive in any kind of entertainment, you have to go into mainstream. Um, look at most, even um, country music singers. You know, they, they do a couple of country country albums, and after they go into mainstream, you know, pop. You know, to actually make to make it big and to make into their music um, popular. Mainstream is it's of course it's kind of like I want to say it's sad to say, but it's definitely where people are not everyone has amazing taste in movies not everyone has amazing taste in music so you have to go where people are and i definitely want to reach out to as many people as possible and you always have to make sure you you know you talk up to your listeners and to your fans and not down to and that's very important as well i want to make sure they enjoy my work and that i'm happy giving my um myself to them as well in whatever aspect or whatever way it is how can your fans reach you where can they find you on the web social media etc etc so on on twitter um i'm very active on twitter um and i don't have a a porn facebook or instagram or anything so everything is on twitter and I also have this little new app called ask.fm. Um, so you can ask me like questions directly as well. Um, 
We can probably do on Twitter, but that app is kind of funny. Um, just usually I want to make sure you know people. They don't. If if I don't answer to a question, it's not that I don't want to. It's that either I don't find the question you know relevant in any case, or you know sometimes you know there's some things you don't want to answer to. You know, I I can say you know. I'll pass, <laughs> but usually I'm definitely, you know, all up for answering any kind of questions and, and making sure people feel like they're being heard. And it's, I have so many great fans, so many great feedback from people, you know, watching my scenes and my, even reading my interviews and listening to my interviews. Um, and it's, it's really amazing. Sometimes I'm surprised that people are actually paying attention to, um, to me, what I have to say, but I guess it's, you know, it's just me and my personality. And if they like it, it's, it's amazing. And thankfully they do because I'm still here. So. Absolutely. So what was the Twitter? So my Twitter is, um, Theo underscore Ford underscore triple X. Um, and you can follow me. You can like all my pictures. I, I post a lot of pictures from all my sets, all my, all my shoots. I, I do, I post a lot of pictures of, um, of what I do and all my, all my travels. Um, so it's kind of fun. It's not just porn. It's kind of, you know, it's like, it's like a national geographic channel as well because I travel a lot and it's, um, it's vogue.com because I, you know, do a lot of fashion and it's, um, so I guess it's like a lot of different, um, Twitter is put into one, which is actually quite funny. Um, and I definitely enjoy using Twitter with, um, uh, and sharing my, my life with, uh, my porn life anyway, with, uh, with my fans. Well, Theo, this does bring us to the end of our interview. Is there anything that you would like to say to your fans and supporters out there tuning in? Well, thank you for just watching my scenes. I, I guess it's the the main thing I uh, I'm thankful for. If if no one, you know, bought my porn or bought my scenes online, bought my DVDs, no one would ever hire me. So. I guess it's always a matter of the public's response and and hopefully, you know, I can bring something a bit different to, to the industry and I guess that's where we all thrive for as well, being different. Um, I've never I've never wanted to be one of the masses and I'm definitely not in any way. So it's it's great to have people who actually um you know, do well and being unique, being just themselves. So it's it's something you have to make sure you're aware is that you don't have to be like anyone else to to succeed. I like that. Great words of advice. Yeah. <laughs> well, Theo, I want to thank you so much for the interview. Thank you.
You're welcome. And listeners, I also want to thank you for tuning in to One on One with Poppy Chulo. Tune in for brand new episodes of One on One with Poppy Chulo every Wednesday and Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. You can download this episode and many more by visiting poppychuloradio.com forward slash archives. Registered users will gain access to the Poppy Chulo Radio archives of previously aired broadcasts. If you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com. Follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com forward slash poppychulo radio and like us on Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash poppychulo radio. With that, Theo Ford and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night. Good night, listeners. Bye bye. Thank you.